Hello and welcome to the Hash Rugby Chat episode 53. Sack that coach is the title we have this week. Um, thank you very much for joining me. And you'll notice we have a new studio or a new flat, a new house, all of that kind of stuff um, with us today. And yeah, if you're trying to watch on YouTube, on Facebook, sorry, it ain't going to work for some reason. Don't know what's going on there. But hey, we have Periscope, we have YouTube and we have Herman. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine, Paul, and happy to find a new a new place to stay. I mean, we might call it creep soon enough when you've done some pimping around there to make it <laughs> up, up, up to standard. I don't know. Um, as, as you say, uh, anything beats a uh, uh, beats the backseat of a car. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, which uh, which may have been uh, the other option. Um, but I'm um, trying to figure out the, uh, where's my source, my my my, my levels window. Never mind. Um, so what we're going to talk about um, first is uh, we had three topics, and I've gone absolutely blank as the one I want to go through first. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, sack that coach, um, Matt O'Connor. One game into the season, uh, this is this is practically Premier League football, isn't it? Well, not even Premier League football. You have to go down to like Syria and Italy to find <laughs> to find something like this. You know, <laughs> there was the the English national team man, uh, team manager when Sam Allardyce got the job. He only had one game, but he got fired for not for not performing, but was some journals took him with a hidden camera talking about making some <laughs> extra money. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's that's pretty much what you got to do in England if you want to lose a job after one game. You got you got to pretty much commit a crime, you know, and, and get caught on tape. But but yeah, yeah, I'm, this is so unrugby like. But I mean, we, we let's start speculating right away. And I, I'm gonna throw the well, let's, let's just rewind a second here and do a bit of history right. because whilst we say it's unrugby like, it's not untigers like because we've seen Richard Cockerell. Um, and Aaron Major both go mid-season uh, just two seasons ago. Uh, so this is the third time that Tigers have fired a, co- a head coach or director of rugby uh, during a season. And that is absolutely unprecedented. It is, it is. But still, the other two, firing someone in the middle of a season, I mean, it, you can you can make... You can make a case for it. it sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. Something needed to be changed. And as we all know, it's it's more cheaper to, to fire a coach than fire 50 players, you know. So it's, that's why you're going down that route, usually. <laughs> but what, what, what really dumbfounds me about this is uh, one game, obviously there must have been a massive amount of problems even before this first game. And how... Why do you even let a coach start a season if you're thinking like, no, he's so close to get fired? They had three months to sort this out before. And now we have put, obviously now there's not going to be any good coaches around to take over them. Yeah. Well, uh, Jim Mallander has been, um, has been mentioned. Um, Mr. Ford has also been, is another name that's been thrown around. So there are a couple of experienced coaches out there that have, that, that are out of work currently that they, they could pick up. But you're right. Yeah, they're not going to get their choice of um, of coach um, this time. I mean, also, if you if if you're a coach yourself, I mean, even if you yeah you you want to get back into the game and get earn some money again, but still, I mean, I think most coaches will think once and twice and three times, you know, 
about actually taking a job with Leicester. <laughs> yeah, first, the, it, it is kind of set up to fail already from the beginning because you don't going to have any preseason. You're going to do a preseason during the actual season, and that's pretty much going disqualify, to disqualify you from any like doing an, any really good work. And then on top of that, you might get the boot in the end of the season because you're not good enough. So let, let, let's run through the... Uh, so I mean, Jim, uh, uh, talking to a bunch of uh, Tigers fans on Twitter, they were like, he should have gone last season. And I'll be honest, I was really, really surprised that Matt O'Connor was hired by, by Tigers in the first place. If we look at his history, um, at the Reds, not particularly successful. At the Force... Um, bit of a mess as well. And this guy doesn't come with a uh, particular pedigree uh, as a coach in the first place to take on what is the historically the top team in England. I mean, they've been, last season was the first time they haven't made the playoffs in over a decade. No one else can even come anywhere near that level of success. Yeah. I mean, to my understanding, Leicester is also like the, the, the best supported team in England too. We have most fans and usually the highest attendance on the ground, but also great viewing figures on TV. It's yeah, it's it's one of the big traditional clubs in England, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's the the biggest traditional club in England. I mean, the biggest. I yeah. mean, Bath will argue about it, but I mean, they they just don't have the ground really to to do that. Um, you got Gloucester Saints, and those those are your kind of historical uh, Harlequins, uh, Wasps. But Wasps obviously mm-hmm. are going through that horrible stage uh, in London before moving up to. Um, to Coventry, so yeah, I mean those are your kind of traditional teams, and to see, uh, yeah, to, to, to for them to go to someone who isn't hasn't really been successful, did surprise me. Malikon is not, a, I mean, he's not, he's no one I've ever talked to. I never talked to any players that have been coached by him, but his results don't look great. So I don't, yeah, he's someone that I, 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 that I was surprised Tigers um, decided to get rid of um, Aaron Major to hire him. Aaron Major, a player, the, sorry, a coach that the players love. Um, is now running the running um, the Highlanders and doing a decent job down there. Um, to me, m- much better pedigree than Matt O'Connor. Fine, he had his issues with um, uh, with Richard Cockrell, uh, and they they couldn't see eye to eye from a playing style. But from from what I understand, uh, they got on as people, um, and then that, that working relationship didn't didn't break break down. From that sense of view, it just broke down from a kind of playing point of view. So, yeah, I just can't believe it. It just seems very strange to get rid of uh, get rid of a player, uh, get get to a hire in the first place, then stick with him after a bad season, and then to fire him uh, a week into the season. Now he did turn up two weeks late for preseason, so maybe that was the time to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine anyone else turning up two weeks late to be work after the holiday? You know. <laughs> What would happen, you know? <laughs> well, I do That's have one like story one. of a friend who um, didn't like her bonus when working for an investment bank. Uh, so took a week sick and they said, hey, please come back and gave her a better bonus. Um, so, <laughs> so it can yeah. work sometimes, but generally, yeah, it's, it's very rarely, very rarely works. <laughs> yeah, usually it's you are the one who are breaking all kinds of laws by doing that. Because you're breaking the contract, you and me. <laughs> <laughs> she must be very special in that case. I heard like stories like these from, like, but these stories were like from the fifties and sixties. You know, when we still was like much more of a class divide, being a director or being a young guy who was like uh, blooded to be the next director of a company. And then you can get away with some pretty 
yeah, so some pretty funny or stupid stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, 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 but, but it's a lot. It's very rare. <laughs> it's very rare. Uh, and yeah, Madacon are turning up two weeks late. I I don't know the reason for that. I don't know if there are family family issues or whatever. But um, but but people have have mentioned that two weeks and they haven't given mitigating circumstances. It all sounds a bit a bit strange. It all sounds a bit wrong. Um, and that the, the clearly the relationship had broken down a while ago. Yeah, but, but there's also going to be something that is hardly a surprise, but something that doesn't work behind the scenes at Leicester too, because <laughs> this, this kind of decision and this, what we've been doing, that's going to fall heavy on the board too. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to go with next. The, the, because <laughs> that's what, I mean, for all the clubs, apart from um, Exeter Chiefs, um, have got a very, uh, a very small um, ownership crowd. Now, you know, the Exeter Chiefs is still a members club, and so all the members vote. All the other clubs are basically private companies that, and um, yeah, the family that own or that, that are the sort of the leading owners of Leicester Tigers uh, decide who the the chief exec is. And I think he has to take an awful lot of blame here for sacking three head, three DORs in three years. That's just um, unbelievable. I mean, we look at clubs like but Exeter, you, we look at, Sorry, but you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't sack your director of rugby as the as the CEO unless you have like really informed and get the green light from the board. You know, you just that kind of decision you can't. So the board is on this. Hunt. That's why he's still there, the CEO. Oh, it comes down to the owners. The owners, yeah, yeah. he's got the owners backing. Uh, but you look, you look at your successful clubs, yeah, um, Exeter, Saracens, uh, and Wasps. Uh, and you look at those clubs and how, how have they been successful? They've been successful by having a steady coaching setup. They're the team, they're, 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 the, they're the clubs that have got good academies and low turnover of players. Those things do not, um, uh, yeah, you do, they don't have a, uh, that does not apply to, to Leicester Tigers in the, in their, their turnover of, of, of DORs. Um, and their increased turnover of players as well. It's not, uh, yeah, there's, you're looking at, and it, when we're talking about coaches, we're talking about here coaches that have done, let's say, especially in Cockrell and, and, and Aaron Major, who have been successful. Uh, yeah, there's, there's issues here beyond the coaches that uh, the Leicester Tigers need to sort out. <laughs> Most definitely. I mean, coach. Uh... Obviously, coaching is that's like it's if you if you want to go for championships so you want to like overperform it you, you need a great coach that's that's the only way you're gonna go get those few extra percentages out of it but at the the foundation of every club has to be their own structures and their own culture you know the coaches coaches will come and go players will come and go we have stuff that will stay there forever you need to pay a lot of attention to and I think. We've been mentioning this uh, on other shows that you could probably put Auckland Blues in that kind of category too, because they have no structures, no culture whatsoever outside the field anymore. We have, but we're not very successful culture and structures. <laughs> yeah, they're, <laughs> they're negative cultures. Now, yeah, we are going to see, I mean, yeah, you get positive culture and negative cultures. We generally refer to positive cultures as culture and negative ones as just being, yeah, they're a mess. Um, and to be fair, well, to, to, to be, a bit of history, bit of uh, news. Um, Auckland, uh, the, or the, the the private investors into uh, the Blues have been forced to sell 
to New Zealand Rugby. So um, so now uh, the Blues are owned by New Zealand Rugby, um, Auckland Rugby, North Harbour Rugby and uh, Northland Rugby. Uh, I believe with North Harbour and Northland being very much minor um, shareholders. So, uh, but apparently New Zealand Rugby is looking for other private investors, which is a worrying sign <laughs> because it clearly didn't work last time to the extent that a few years ago they couldn't even sit down in a boardroom. Uh, now, this isn't from inside knowledge. This is from stuff that's been posted in the um, New Zealand Herald. Now, the major papers in New Zealand do not um, publish major negative rugby articles because their reporters get banned, basically, from those clubs um, yeah. for doing so. So you really know things really have hit the fan if these papers feel they can publish such negative <laughs> Um It's gone all the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so clearly, yeah, that, that's... We'll have to see how, how Auckland, how, how, how um, the Blues go from now on. Um, it's going to be interesting going up. So I've got, I've got a, I'm going up for the Auckland versus Tasman game on Friday night. Um, I've got my press pass sorted out for that one. So thank you, Auckland Rugby. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how, uh, see how Auckland are going because they don't get to train or don't, there's no interaction between Auckland and the Blues um, currently. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how they're going and how that relationship changes next season. Because what's the point in having fully professional training or um, training pitches if no one gets to train there for half the year? Because a we don't like the local <laughs> we don't like the local clubs. They can't use our pitch. Yeah, Blues, that's clever. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting going up there on Friday and seeing if uh, I can. Maybe uh, give, uh, ask a couple of questions along those sorts of lines as to where they're where, where they're training currently. I can share a little story about the Blues from my life. Uh, after the last victory, when we got the third one on the weekend, and so I went, I watched like the highlights on the All Blacks YouTube sites, and I, I was for, I was probably bored, so I, I did a little bit of baiting, like behaving like a over-the-top optimistic Auckland Blues supporter, you know, going all about the Empire is back, you know, well, now it's all in. Crusaders can forget about a free peep, now it's Blues time again, la, 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 like proper trolling, you know. <laughs> no one bite, no one bite. Is, is, that a good, is that a good sign or a bad sign? <laughs> um, Not one bite. Can't believe it. <laughs> uh, well, you see, with, with, with Ted back with Auckland, he, he, he'll sort everything out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately he won't be put forward for interviews i've been told um but yes it would have been good to have had a chat with uh with 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 ted post game but there you go uh, that's, that's yeah. not to be um uh, maybe not this time but next time <laughs> you never <laughs> know we can always wish hey um yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah, I, yeah the situation less is really strange uh, if if Jim, Mallon, Jim Mallinder were to go there, that would be amazing. Because for those of you not who don't, who don't know much about English rugby, um, the Leicester Tigers' main rivals are Northampton Saints, who are a stone's throw away. So if the ex-Northampton Saints coach would go to Leicester Tigers, that would be that there would be some major um, issues going on uh, there because the fans would be. Uh, not best pleased uh, to see him there, I don't think. 
No, probably not, but I guess. Could you really blame him? I mean, if, if that's what you do for a living, you know, should you like, no, I can't go there and there and there because I worked here and here and here. Oh, don't get me wrong. No, I would. I, if, <laughs> if, if, if he was offered a job, then hey, then I don't see. Um, he may question taking it because of the structure of the board. But mm -hmm. the fact that it's Leicester Tigers as opposed to Sell Sharks or, uh, or Saracens or whatever, that shouldn't, the actual name shouldn't matter, shouldn't, shouldn't play a part. It should come down to, does he feel he can be successful there under the, the situation that's there? If he feels he can be, then he should take it. If he feels he can't, I, then that's different. Yeah. I reckon if, if you see like, no, I don't want to go over, like there's no structure, the board will get the board and the CEO doesn't know really what to want and so on. So if he turns that down, I guess he will not tell the truth why he turned down. He will use that. No, but it's too emotional. I cannot take that job. But I would upset her. But I, that's, well, <laughs> well, I think that's still what he's going to say to the public if he doesn't take it. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, all he just has to say is, oh, I, I never interviewed for it. I didn't apply. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that, that would be uh, – I can't see uh, – if Lester Tigers were to reach out to him, it would, uh, it, it would tell you a lot, of, a lot about the CEO and the structure there in the fact that, uh, and, uh, that they've lost their fan base uh, and they don't yeah. understand who they are anymore. Um, agree. Yep. And talking about players who don't necessarily understand who they are anymore and who, or, or, or players who do <laughs> really understand who they are and are just play, plucking the heartstrings because, hey, it's convenient and it makes them look good. Fekitoa came out in the press and said, oh, I'd like to play in another Rugby World Cup. Well, you know what, Fekitoa? So would I. Um, but funnily enough, <laughs> New Zealand rugby don't think I'm available. Um, being English, I mean, I've, I've been here for three years. Yeah, so come on, yeah, yeah, you're, you're you're eligible for All Blacks now, Paul. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, by world rugby, by world rugby rules, I am now eligible for the All Blacks. That is correct. Yeah. By, yeah. by by New Zealand rugby's rules as to uh, that you have to be a contracted player. Um, I'm not eligible. Um, I guess if you were good enough, they would they would pass you a contract pretty quickly. You know? <laughs> oh, absolutely, don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there would be someone knocking on your door right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm in hiding. I'm in a new. <laughs> um, but that's so why you left your own place. Most damn all black selectors chasing you all around New <laughs> Zealand. You're you're like Bobby Fisher of rugby, eh? They were hiding. <laughs> <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, they're worse than paparazzi. Um, so, but I, Fekitoa coming out and saying, "Hey, I'd like to play another Rugby World Cup." I, he's it's, it's it's pointless talk just to make him look good in the press, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he he know uh, well. He should know what the rules look like now. I mean, if he feels he have a chance, break the contract with your French club, sign out with a Super Rugby teams play the next season if you're good enough they will select you if <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and on that note we look at if we look at players who have gone over to europe and tried to come back and get into the world cup side it's not really worked very well has it historically not for the all blacks but it seems like especially with you looking at the south african players that come back to the springboks seems to be doing quite okay in the springboks and no, actually, you're right. In, in the spring, yeah, and I, I wasn't currently being better last season just when he came back from Wasp when he actually been this season. Who's right? Kurt Beale. 
Yeah, no, you're right. Curly Beal, uh, it has, it's worked in Australia uh, and it's also worked in, um, in South Africa a couple of times. But in New Zealand, it really hasn't worked. We look at people like Rennie Ranger came back hopefully, um, having a shot prior to the previous Rugby World Cup um, and he never got anywhere near it. Um, there was an inside centre come fly half and I've gone blank as to his name. Oh, who was part of the 2007 Rugby World Cup losing side. And tried to Nick come Evans? Back. Oh, uh, Luke oh. McAllister. Luke McAllister, yeah. He tried coming back and that, that really didn't work. He, he went back to Europe. Um, we've, there have been other players who have, who have tried it um, as well, have come back and not got back until Blacksmith very quickly uh, or have either, have either stuck around in um, at uh, sort of my same cup level or have uh, headed back to Europe um, for it. So, yeah, I think Fekitoa coming back really would not no. have, uh, is, 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 is a non-starter. Uh, in, a, in a lot of ways, um, because I think if you if you plan if you're a, a former All Black planning go back to New Zealand and, and try to get into the All Blacks again, I think it's pretty important you do your research yourself about what position you played in and what the line is looking like. I mean, like someone like Victor Vito, he will probably uh, obviously he will not put you know read on the bench, but I think they will pick him in the squad right away because they don't have an eight like that. Or um... The guy at Bristol, I've gone blank. Uh, used to play for the Blues. Um, Piatau or Luatua? Luatua. Yeah. Now, Piatau may be technically good enough, but he burnt far too many bridges leaving um, that yeah. he would never, ever make it back in with, whilst uh, Hansen is his head coach. But he seems to be like he accepted that because all the talk I heard about him is he'd been trying to look if there's any way he can play for Tonga in the next World Cup. Now there's another player who is basically um, doing it for the press and not really trying to do it properly. Yeah. He knows exactly how he can make it to the next Rugby World Cup. It's very simple. Go and play for Tonga in one sevens Olympics qualification. Oh, I think it's, it's I think it's two you have to play. But the problem is Tonga's team is two. Yeah. If you're in the HSBC World Series, if you're not in the uh, HSBC World Series, it's just one. I think. Just one. So that's actually easy for him to do. Then all he has to do is turn up to one sevens tournament. And hey presto, there you go. You can play for Tonga in the Rugby World Cup. But he can't even do that. So. In all honesty, if he really wanted to, he could do. He's just doing it for good press. Yeah, now I'm getting kind of upset to my journalist colleagues here, you know, because that's really lazy journalism. If someone says like, Brad, why don't you follow up with just one question? So why don't you go and play with Tonga? What's stopping you? Yep. Um, so... Uh, I, I can't, I, I, maybe it's two, but even so, it, it is. It's a. It's not like spending a whole season out playing sevens. It's playing one or, or at the most two tournaments, um, and then hey, but they have to be Olympic qualifying tournaments. Yeah, um, and then you're there. So, yeah, very, very, uh, um, very, very. Yeah, to, to me, that's just uh, if Pietro really wanted to do it, he could do. But he, but um, but no, he's he's. He's doing it just purely for the publicity side of things. Maybe doing it to try and make it possible for future players. You could, if you're trying to be nice, 
<laughs> but, um, but, but yeah, that's not, there's, there's, yeah, if he wants to do it, he can do it. But there you go. Um, oh, well, we shall see. You still have another year. Maybe he will be there. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah, I can't see World Rugby about to change its, um, uh, no, that, those rules are not, those rules are not going to change anytime soon. Not, especially now when after the World Cup, uh, it will be uh, the five-year rule for resident, residency also. So I think these rules are going to stay for a while now. But yeah. uh, we talked about this before, I think, too, about these rules. That still, it seems like a lot of uh, people are missing that the teams that's going to hurt most by these rules uh, are Samoa and Tonga. But everyone for now, now we're going to get those Englishmen. But it's Samoa and Tonga that's going to hurt by far most by these rules. Oh, by the five five year. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. Well, I, don't no, I don't think Samoa and Tonga will be hurt by the five year rule. Um, no, 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 no. Sorry, I'm mixing it up here completely. Oh, oh, I'm just <laughs> because because they, they, currently Samoa and Tonga are based a popular oh, about fifty to seventy five percent of their team is from second generation. Um, yeah, 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 that's what I was, I was thinking completely wrong. That's what's going to be hurt hard for them in 10, 15 years. Then that's yeah, not going to be so many once, second once the, uh, once, once they become third and th- third generation, uh, Kiwis, yeah, they're going to, there's a, there's a lot of players there that are going to, they're going to, a lot, a lot of, a lot less players available for, yeah. for Samoa and Tonga. Um, my on. brain snapped. Damn. <laughs> oh, that's right. We've both had, we've both had a very busy weekend. So, um, <laughs> So yeah, the week. So yeah, just those you can, as you know, clearly I'm in a new house, um, but I also spent two days driving a van up and down the country, uh, moving my stuff into storage as well. So um, yeah, lots of driving at the weekend, not much rugby. But coming up this weekend for you all, so do follow me at Driving Mall on Twitter. Uh, to get, um, at Driving Mall on Twitter to get my. Uh, I'll be at the Waikato versus uh, Wellington game. Uh, tomorrow night hopefully i'm going to try and get an interview with uh, thomas the tank engine waldron being an extra chiefs fan that's what i'm uh, that, that, that's my big goal um, mm-hmm. yes, um auckland versus tasman on um friday night um apparently there will be just be open uh, interviews with the uh, coaches and captains so uh, you might see the press pack um descending on those on them on those people we'll see what happens um, and then Sunday, I will also be at Tasman versus Waikato. Um, so it's what is Storm Week for Waikato, two games in a week in a round uh, down in New Plymouth, um, where I'll also be doing a couple of behind-the-scenes interviews um, as well. Uh, so if you've got a Patreon, you'll get access to those five days before they go public, um, just like my other ones did. Um, so you're going to have a few busy days. So I've got some... <laughs> Who needs You're going to make amends for not watching any rugby this weekend. <laughs> and then obviously on Saturday night, we will have um, New Zealand versus uh, Argentina and Australia versus South Africa. Um, so I will see, maybe, just maybe I'll do some uh, post-match reactions, live reactions to those games um, as well. So yeah, quite a weekend for me. Um, Herman, you uh, going to watch any rugby or are you just going to... Uh, just going to lay in the sun. <laughs> this weekend, I'm planning to watch a lot of rugby. <laughs> this weekend, I'm planning to watch a lot of rugby. Definitely. I mean, obviously, the rugby championship. But I might cut, cut, 
try to catch some Pro 14 too, and maybe for some something tasty in the in the English Premiership too. My my turn. Well, I'm starting to get a little bit intrigued by Auckland now, but that's, but oh, yeah, yeah, you told me I'm not allowed to watch them because if I start watching them, they will lose. You and Ashwin, <laughs> so I, I'm not allowed to. That ruins my plan a little bit. <laughs> oh dear me! Yeah, but I promise I'm going to stay away from Auckland until they lose. So, so what out? What what in the uh, the top fourteen caught your eye um, in, the, in the opening few rounds? What's uh, what's intriguing you there that you want you're going to check out those those games? I, what, I think the big one is uh, it's I think it's Toulon. They lost both for opening games. That's a pretty big big surprise. And uh, Cast seems to go just yeah where they where they ended last season. You know even with. I mean, they should probably get a little bit more props and attention cast for what we're actually doing, you know, considering what financial giants we are competing against and just performing so well season after season. It's rather extraordinary, actually. Yeah, I mean, they, they yo-yoed a bit for a couple of seasons. Um, so did, because I think they were, weren't they, they were competitive, they were sort of challenging about three years ago, dropped off, yeah. the, dropped off the season afterwards, didn't really do anything, um, and were particularly poor in the, Europe, in the Champions Cup that year. Last year um, was sixth, I think, at the end of regular season. Yeah. Just last yeah. place into the playoffs, went through the playoffs, yeah. actually won the whole thing, beating the table toppers who had been at the top of the table for a long time. Um, in oh, they begin with an M. They, be, they, they actually beat the number one, two, and three team in the round robin. Number one, two, and three team from Roma. They beat. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they really took the hardest possible way to win win the title. So. You got to salute them for that. <laughs> you have, but say regular season, they they just scraped in. Um, so to to have started off with that sort of win over Montpellier away, I mean, in and in top fourteen away wins are like gold dust. Um, yeah. So to do that, um, and then to back that up, I I think the the home win over Lyon was probably expected. Um, to be honest. Um, no, they didn't play Lyon at home in the semis. That was played in a neutral no, no, round. Round two this round two this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. I thought you meant to play off last <laughs> No, no, this season. So this season, they've won away at Montpellier yeah. and then at yeah, home yeah. against Lyon. Um, that mm-hmm. second game, being because of the home side and being top 14, mm-hmm. yeah, you'd expect them to win that one. But the opening game was a bit of a shock. As you say, Toulon losing at home to Racing in the, in the opening round and then away to Powell um, in the second round. Uh, and for their spending, I but it, it's it, it, it's it's... It's how you spend your money. If they can tell yeah. someone who's worth buying, he's not worth buying if you then go put him on the wing. That's, that's yeah, but I also, I mean, we all seen how Julian Sevilla's form have been of late, you know, but they went, I mean, it's like almost like, are, are, are there like the director of rugby or Toulon? Is he actually watching Super Rugby? You know, you kind of want, or is he just watching the highlight package and, <laughs> and reading the on Herald or what? <laughs> well, it kind of worked when they were doing like buying. Bacchus Botha and um, and these kind of uh, and these kind of players who were coming to the end of their careers, um, but they're forwards. They're not they're not outside backs. It's a different ball game, yeah. isn't it? So yeah. Um, but this this week, um, <laughs> Toulon hosts Castra. The last. Oh. So. Oh, that's that's probably one to watch then, because there's going to be some pressure on, on Toulon this week. So they, yeah, the the perfect storm. That's at two. That's at three a.m. New Zealand time. So we'll probably avoid. Uh, I, I, I won't be making that game. 
10 o'clock on Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of drama with the, the comic book guy too. He's probably going to be in the middle of it all. <laughs> um, just having a quick, um, a quick flick through. Um, Clermont versus Stad. I think Stad's had a pretty good start to the season. Um, yeah. With, um, with a couple of a couple of good wins, Clermont obviously didn't make the top half of the table, the bottom half of the table last year, um, but have come back. Um, the um, Christian's asking why is Fekitoa on the wing for too long? Um, it sounds odd to me. Well, it does when you except when you think they've got Nonu um, playing at twelve, I think. Uh, Bastero. And Bastero at 13, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <There we go. laughs> um, so when you got so, <laughs> That's good enough for you? <laughs> You're not going to play those two on the wing, are you? Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a sight to behold, though, to see them. <laughs> I guess, like, to see him play, like, especially a player like Manono, if you played, like, uh, like a lower level, see him play on the wing on a lower level, that would probably be fun. <laughs> Yes, but not at the <laughs> <laughs> not at the highest level. Um so yes, a Clumop Sad France could be a good game to watch um in there in there. Uh and then um Bordeaux Montpellier, because I mean uh, that's that that should be a Montpellier haven't started as well as they wanted to. Um Bordeaux have been sort of there or thereabouts recently um as well. So I think those those, those are the pick of the games from my mind. Did, the Pro did you see them now? Have you seen the number what uh, uh, Stade Francais uh, budget is for salaries this season? Probably slightly more than I'm getting paid, I guess. Uh, <laughs> no, just to give like uh, a New Zealand Super Rugby team, I think they have a budget around uh, six million New Zealand dollar a year. Okay. Like for for for, for player wages. Yep. I think uh, Australian team perhaps like they have something like eight million New Zealand dollars a year for player salaries. Mm-hmm. Stade de France, they have 25 million New Zealand dollars. <laughs> Just to show what we're talking about. Like, yeah, they have a lot more money to spend. Okay, so we're saying that the Stade Francais budget is nearly equal to the entire budget of all five New Zealand Super Rugby franchises. Yes, yes, it's very close. It's probably going to be a, a equal in a year or two. That is, um, yeah, that's pretty nuts. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a reality check stat for you. Where like this is what it looks like. <laughs> oh dear. Um, so the Pro 14 and um, the Gallagher Premiership both kicked off last weekend. So they're only a round in. Um, I got seven out of seven with the Pro 14, so no big surprises um, in, in in that competition. Going pretty much as as I think we'd all have expected. I heard someone describe it really well with just uh, just one word, what it felt like the, the opening round of Pro 14. It felt like room temperature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, <laughs> nothing hot, nothing cold, nothing nothing extraordinary at all. Yep, just May. Yeah, <laughs> it worked. Um, mm. In the Premiership... Um, Pretty much the same. <laughs> well, no, I mean, come on. I mean, Bristol, Bristol getting up over, over Bath. Um, I mean, I predicted it, but still, um, the, the guys who get the, the, the newly promoted team getting a win over um, uh, over an established team was um, was was pretty good. Um, playing the newly playing the newly promoted team away in the first round got to be like the worst thing there is for an established team. Well, I mean, 
London Irish beat um, Harlequins last season. In the yeah, they also won last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, well. but, but they were all going to be fired up and everything. And no one has really figured them out, you know, because. But as soon as the season starts going and the other teams, analysts and tacticians start to watch them more carefully, that's usually when it's all, it's all going to go broke. <laughs> as you say, pretty much all the other games were, were I mean, whilst I predicted the Worcester win over Wasps because of the injuries, it ended up being a Wasp win by one point. But yeah, all the others were, as you say, fairly expected. Um, this coming weekend, um, apart from Wasps versus Exeter, um, none of those games particularly jump out. I mean, Saracens, uh, Bristol have to have to go to Saracens, so they're not going to win their second game of the round of the season. No. <laughs> <laughs> Put bluntly. Um, the other one, actually, that might be that'll be fun is um, Bath versus Gloucester, but that's more for historical reasons um, than necessarily the, uh, uh, the than, than the actual game itself. Mm-hmm. Actually, there'll be one big talking point in that game. Matt Banahan. Um, for those of you who don't know, Matt Banahan has been a one-club man um, his entire career um, until this season when he's moved from Bath to Gloucester, who are Bath's arch-rivals. <laughs> um, <laughs> and basically because Bath offered him a one-year contract and Gloucester offered him a two-year contract, apparently for the same money. So uh, there you go. Um, that was, uh, I think that was the, uh, the, the, the base of the difference. Uh, so showing you that some um, Basically, yeah, it's a profession for these guys. Uh, I mean, he's literally, I say, Matt Banahan has been a one-club man his entire um, entire career. Um, so those are the games that jump out from that point of view. Um, we should probably, um, the Curry Cup has uh, has kicked off, um, but um, I don't think that's caused much of a splash. No, no, let's, let's leave that now. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the test drug being so. We're talking about test drug <laughs> Um, all black yeah, action. Yeah, yeah I think. But, let's pick, but we uh, don't do it tomorrow, so we can do a short one today. Yeah? Let's pick Ryan Crotty and uh, and Sam Kane for the for the uh, the game against Argentina because yeah, it's going to be so yeah, tight and so important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I saw Shag Hansen did his usual Monday round yesterday too, talking up the opponents. You know how we are improving, how we are going to la 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 la. You know, so like. Oh, I, I'm, I'm oh, sure. The, the Argentina in New Zealand against uh, the All Blacks, the Pumas have got to be favourites. <laughs> <laughs> and the All Blacks going as underdogs yet again. Yeah, yeah, you know, but it was all about Jaguars improving, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's, it's, it's in a way nice and almost kind of cute that we do this, but it's starting to wear a little thin now, you know. Steve, come on. I mean, you can't give, give a little bit more than that, you know. Yeah, I mean, also, yeah, this 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 is a game where where I think everyone has gone. Okay, if Richmond Wang is going to get any game time, it's going to be this game. If um, yeah. if Triple T is going to get any game time, it's going to be in this game. Triple T is going to be on the bench. Look, TJ Piranara went off is is playing for Wellington tomorrow night. Um, or sorry, played for Wellington at the weekend. I don't know if he's playing tomorrow night or not. So TJ Piranara has got some game time under his belt. Now either TJ will start or. Um, or Aaron Smith will will, but um, basically, probably Triple T should start on the bench um, against Argentina. Um, I expect Richard Moranga to start on the bench and uh, Dave McKenzie to get a start um, against Argentina. Again, he's seen as the re- as the backup. Yeah. Backup. Team. I reckon we're going to rest rest Sam Whitelock too. Um, yeah, probably rest, rest rest Whitelock too. Give Scott Barrett a start. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, maybe put Hemapo on the bench. Um, look at Frizzell getting some game time as well. All these, the yeah, a lot of the fringe players should get a run out um, uh, against Argentina. Let's be let, let, let's be honest. So trying to talk them up. It's cute as you say. Cute. <laughs> um, sure That's actually a be, good word for that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he should be arrogant. But <clears throat> Ryan Crotty had head knock had has head knocks issue issues has been. Um, uh, yeah, has been very unlucky. Has had two weekends off. Uh, a player that I think when the, when it happened, we all said, you know what, give him the rest of the championship off, if not give him the rest of the year off. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want to see him back, do we? No, I, I really don't want to do it. And I, I get upset that they are, yeah, they haven't said that neither he or Kane are going to play this weekend, but they go on now, but they're all clear to play in. And it makes me shake my head every time I hear these kind of stories, from, not only from the All Blacks, but pretty much every rugby team around the world, how they actually, because they are all, not only the All Blacks, seems like everyone is like proud of themselves, but we're taking these procedures very seriously. We have the best information and the best people in sp- on taking care of our place and they can make the right calls on it, so we completely trust them. And that sounds really good, and yeah, okay, uh, we, you want to trust, but as we talked about a little before the show today, Paul, like, when we compare to other sports, physical physical contact sport, what, what the kind of rules they have when someone gets knocked out, and they are much much sterner. Like the two most glaring examples, like in MMA, if you get knocked out, you have a ninety days stand up, and in boxing, if you get knocked out, you have a hundred eighty days stand up if you get knocked out. But in rugby, it seems like oh, you can be go to go next week even for some reason. I remember it was one particularly last year. I think it was. Was it Bowden Barrett? He got uh, taken off away against uh, uh, South Africa, against the Springboks. But I, what Steve Hansen said after the game, but the HIA actually cleared him, but uh, Steve Hansen exactly is where, but he's, he was still seeing the stars. How can you pass an HIA when you're seeing the stars? I mean, it's something. And again, like you can see the kind of environment all the journalists and rollbacks work. He's saying this in a press conference and no one asks a question. Everyone's sitting there just taking down why should be a proper follow up question. How can you clear it when you see the stars? There should be a proper follow up question. Unfortunately, <laughs> the, main, the mainstream press um, will uh, just are scared of losing their access because that's, that's their livelihood and that's their job. And if they can't interview these guys, um, that's it. They, they, I say their livelihood's gone because their stories are gone. Yeah. Um, the where in the the, uh, the, the, I guess the the comfortable position that we can say what we like really, um, and that uh, yeah, if if uh, some of the, some of the sides stop giving me um, press access, and look, it's very nice to have, but if we do, if they do, then hey, it's not the end of the world for me. Um, whereas for these other guys, it is basically goodbye. We can't pay. I can't pay my mortgage. It's very real. And that's and that, 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 that is a big um, uh, a big problem. So the so that, that yeah, but um, with Sam Kane, I'm not too. Um, I don't think he's, he's had a number of head knocks uh, that um, that Ryan Crotty has had. But Ryan Crotty, certainly, I do not want to see back um, in this game. What I what I also don't get so. Um, whilst I think the 
uh, I'm not a medical person, but the 90 day one, um, I think if we put in that kind of rule, you would find players hiding um, concussion yeah. symptoms as much as they could do um, because missing out on three months, um, that's pretty much half a season. Uh, yeah. So I think that would be, uh, well, whilst it might be the right thing to do, um, I think it would be you know, it would be actually make the situation worse by players refusing to to own up to symptoms. Yeah. What I, um, what I don't get though is that for the amateur players, there is a fourteen day stand down before you start your back to play protocols. So effectively, a twenty one day or three week stand down. Mm-hmm. With professional players, though, it's a seven day stand down. They don't have to do that fourteen days. They can go straight into the back to play protocols. Yeah, it's insane. Which to me is just like, guys, there is no difference in the head of a professional player and an amateur player. It's still a skull with the brain inside. So if they've been knocked out, now there are ways you can um, help stop yourself from getting knocked out in the first place around strengthening your neck and, and that kind of piece. And you'll see that and that's, there's a lot of whole research around that in, in, in boxing around the strength of the neck helps you from, from being knocked out. So, yes, professional players have got a better chance of not being knocked out uh, if they've conditioned themselves properly. But once they've been knocked out, their head is the same as an amateur player. So they should, to me, they should have that 14-day stand down and then start the return to play protocols, mm-hmm. making it a three-week. Yeah. I agree, I agree, but but then again, it seems like there's not in both hemispheres. Not that actually, this is certainly not only pointing finger at the All Blacks here. I heard the same kind of drivel from every club and every nation almost that happened. They're talking about God, that we are taking concussions so seriously. La 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 la. They get all the experts, you know. But, but in the end, it seems like they is all about suiting themselves, you know. Oh, look at this player, he's back, you know. <laughs> oh, really. <laughs> And you hear people, I mean, it's not just concussion, it's also other injuries as well. We sort of hear people say, yes, player welfare is all important, blah, 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 until it comes to a playoff game. And then suddenly, Ari Surveyor is playing with a, probably with a strain or, a, or an ankle, I can't remember what it was now, but some sort of leg injury that he would not have been playing a regular season game for. Because, hey, we've got to win this game. Well, that's professional sport for you. That's, you can see, the, yes. You- if you get paid top dollar and you can play through the injury in an important game, they're, gonna, they're not only going to ask you to do it, they're going to want you to actually want to do it also. Otherwise, yeah. yeah, that's just, I think it was like the, in, he, he said, it's still a, a sensitive topic, but I think it was like Liverpool's German trainer who said something like, it was criticizing one player that basically was saying that he's, he's like trying to feel a little bit too much if he's injured everywhere, anywhere. Like, Maybe you should start feeling so much and just try to play instead. It would be much better. <laughs> yeah, and whilst I, th- I think we are in a much better position than we were five years ago, uh, I still think there's a long way to go in that kind of yeah. Um, yeah. And I've, I've written I've written a number of articles about this before I started doing videos, so that tells you how long ago it is. I've actually wrote the article, but <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I think there was one. I think uh, Manonu got praised for playing through a game with a fractured arm. Which to yeah. me just makes absolute nonsense to praise a player for doing that. No, we should be saying no. That player should have come off. He could have done himself an awful lot of it, a, a lot worse injury by playing on with a fractured arm. Yeah, uh, but it's, I, I, mean, I agree with you, man. But it's a little bit dumb because I remember, like, 
when I heard after the the third test between All Blacks and Lions last year that Jonas Sexton actually had played through with three injuries. He had like a broken small bone in his hand, and he had also one a broken bone in one of his feet, and another one was like a big crack in, in a, also like in lower kind of a the call, yeah, lower side, low point of the left leg, something like that. So he actually played through three pretty serious injuries and acquitted himself well. And at that point, it was because you, yeah, you heard some, a lot of stupid about sex and he's a, yeah, he's softy, la 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 la. And then you read something like that, oh my God, he's anything but soft, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I, I got impressed from that. But I see where you're coming from. But my first reaction, sadly, was like, what a warrior. That's what I was thinking, you know? Sorry, well, but it's my God, what a nutcase! Um, yeah, but then again, no, but I'm I, softy. I, 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 I come am to you eventually. I am the player who wouldn't. <laughs> that's why. I, that's <laughs> one of the many reasons why I would never be a professional sports player. Um, other ones around skill, physicality, yeah, yeah, and all the rest yeah. of that. But one of them is I would not play. I would not. No, I'm, I'm with you, Ab, because you, obviously you're really going to want it if you're going to be on the highest level. You're really going to be prepared to go through the fire. Yep. Yeah, no. Nobody who plays international rugby is soft. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I heard about some of it. It's such such a stupid thing. Like, yeah, but that's I, I'm a big fan of MMA too. And some people are talking shit about a, a fighter. Oh, but he's a, he's weak. You know, he's not brave enough. I'm like, come on, you know, <laughs> he's like one of the ten best fighters in the world, and you're calling him weak and soft? Like, <laughs> oh, dearie me. Um, so yeah, uh, nuts. Um, some comments there about um, Springboks versus Australia. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back. Uh, Springboks not historically good at travelling, um, so that's yeah, really interesting. Horrendous travelling. They have won one game away from I don't know for how long. And actually, I saw an interesting stat about when we lost now against Argentina last weekend. And we were all, oh, that's an upset. But if you look through, even before Argentina was in the rugby championship, they have like a something like a 70% winning record at home against the Springboks through all history. So we maybe shouldn't be that surprised. Wow, I didn't realize it was that much. Wow, that's yeah. Yeah. Um, the Most of the wins Springboks actually have got recent, like the first year when the, the Pumas were settling in the rugby championship. That's when they got most of their wins. But uh, wasn't it a draw last season, I think? Um, in, uh, There's in been draws between two. I mean, uh, between the Springboks and uh, Wallabies, yes, yeah. they draw both games. No, I mean, you're Springboks playing away against the Pumas. That's, uh, they're losing that game. It's not like something super extra special. It happened. They lost many games in Argentina, yeah. the Springboks. And I'm just saying, that's this, what I'm, yeah, no. this, this coming weekend... Yeah, the Wallabies, yeah, Wallabies um, bring, they, they, drew, they drew both games last year. 50-50 was the total score. So, yeah, so it's going to be, so, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting this weekend. Um, obviously... Uh, the, the Wallabies coming off the back of two big losses to the All Blacks, um, as in every single rugby championship I can remember. Um, just about. Mm. Um, so the uh, so it's a situation normal for them, um, and uh, South Africa coming in, I say, not good travellers on the whole. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be an interesting game, um, definitely. Um, coming yeah, up. yeah, yeah, for both. I, I heard, <laughs> I heard, heard a good good explanation about uh, Springboks yesterday, like. Uh, you can't polish a turd, but you can roll it in glitter. <laughs> like a South Africa, I'm basically saying that I don't really believe in this team, but we might win anyway. <laughs> oh, dearie me. So, it's a good one, isn't it? <laughs> that is a good one. Um, yes, it, we, we can make it shiny somehow. 
Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how that um, all pans out. Um, so that, that that one is the more intriguing of the uh, two rugby championship games this weekend. Let's be honest. Uh, so that's yeah, that should be an interesting game. So, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for all a right. weekend, for a week where neither of us have watched any rugby, um, and we we came in with uh, zero notes. Um, that's been uh, not a bad show. No, uh, there's someone missing. Could he have something to do with that? No. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Austin's on an aeroplane. No. Um, so there you go. His, uh, yeah, he couldn't quite get the signal strength to uh, to dial in. He's on an aeroplane right now. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, work trip for, for Austin, unfortunately, um, which is why he missed missed tonight. Um, but thank you very much, sir, for joining me. And um, thank you. Uh, yeah, have a uh, have a good week, and um, I'll, we'll, I'll be back tomorrow night on Periscope and stuff with my uh, reports from the game um, of uh, Waikato um, versus Wellington, uh, and uh, yeah, back on Thursday previewing the games for the weekend. Have a great uh, great time, and enjoy whatever you're watching, folks.